And here comes Milwaukee, Forbes, another three. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> this is the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. Welcome one, welcome all back to the Random Scrub Heat Podcast presented by The Basement. I'm your host, LJ Cascon. I have, if it ain't foreign, it's boring, Alex Maserati. Y'all know the deal. And then, of course, my boy, George, from the Thunder, way down under. We're back. We're another load management day. It's just us three. We're going to be chopping it up real quick. We're going to try to bang this episode out for y'all real quick. Um, going out, starting off right into it, the week in review. Another up and down week for Miami. They went one and two splitting in Boston. A pretty good feeling win in Boston, following it up by just taking a dump right on the Memphis logo against the Grizzlies. That, that was a microcosm of the season is the best win of the year. And then follow it up two nights after worst loss of the year, arguably um, letting Tyus Jones get a new career high 28, by the way, random scrub heat uh, nominee for a new killer. Uh, why not? You know, of course he'll drop 28 on you. The team just continues to be wildly inconsistent and uh, will most likely hover around 500 for the next month or two until a trade is made. And then even then, who knows if they even get the right guy at the four. I think they're going to probably target a four, but who knows, honestly, at this point. I'm going to do a quick toss to you guys. What were some of the takeaways from this last week that you saw? Whether it make you feel happy, made you feel sad. What were you feeling from this last week? Alex, let's start with you. Listen, y'all can't see this because this is obviously audio only, but the name in our little stream thing right now is that this Heat team can't trick me because they can't trick me, bro. I was happy after the Boston win because I always love beating the Celtics. I absolutely despise the Boston Celtics up there with the Knicks for my most hated franchises in the NBA. They're obviously one of our rivals. We've beaten them in the playoffs. We've lost in the playoffs. So I'm always going to be happy about a win, but not at a singular point after that game did I think to myself, we're back. We're a top four seed. This is the best team in the NBA is the best team in the East. Or did I feel any more confident that we can beat Boston in the playoff series? I just want to hone in on this one win because it obviously made Miami's week. And then I know we will get to the loss against Memphis, but this win was a perfect game for Miami offensively. And it went to overtime and Jimmy Butler had to win the game. This was not supposed to be the recipe again. This was not supposed to be how we treated Jimmy Butler. Please save us at the end of the game against the Boston Celtics again. It's just a repeat of last year, except the Celtics are better and they beat us the night prior. And then we beat them in overtime. Like I don't, I don't know what y'all are seeing. Some people are seeing after that heat Celtics win that that propels this team back to something. This team is losing and playing the same way night in night out. And it's not working. They're below 500. They're a ninth team in the East. I'm scared. I am scared. I will say this. I am scared of a play-in matchup against anyone because I don't know what Heat team is showing up. If it is coming down to a one-game season in the play-in at the end, and for whatever reason, whatever fucking team is below us shows up that night and can't miss, there's a random scrub, you know, Heat killer like we like to talk about, Atias Jones, the Heat can absolutely lose that game and get knocked out in humiliating fashion. It can happen. We can lose in a first-round series even if we make the play Like. This is not the recipe. This is not supposed to be what happened. And I just, I don't know. To get back to your question about the week in general, some bright spots, Bam Adebayo continuing to be Bam. We absolutely love to see that. It needs to continue, whether Jimmy's in the lineup or out. But I know a lot of people are talking about that Celtics win. But then, like you said, LJ, in the intro, we see in the real team in the Memphis loss. The real team or not. Like, you can call this, if you want to call the team that beat the Celtics the real team or the team that beat Memphis the real team, like this, the real team is both. 
This team does not show up consistently. The team that beat the Celtics is not the team that shows up the next night and vice versa. Like this team is just the definition of mid. It is mid. Some nights they're great. Some nights they're not. You're not going to win a championship and you're not going to win a playoff series against the top end team doing that. So listen, it was a cool win, but overall the week to me was just like a regular week in the season, how it's been so far. My feelings really didn't change. I think everything you said was true too. I mean, what team do you think you're going to get? The team is the team. Some nights you will get Jimmy having to hit two game winners to win in Boston. Yes, he hit two game winners in one game. That's crazy. He's a, He was a rebound machine that game. And when you get a Jimmy like that where he's just going to attack off rip, you're probably going to feel a lot better about your chances And then until you see the Jimmy from last night in Memphis or it's just like he's going to sit back, be passive for two and a half, three quarters, then try to turn it on at the end. We've seen since he's gotten here that doesn't traditionally work. Last year it worked because – everything was coming to paces. It it just was last season. It it worked that way. But then you have the game last night where you get dominated in the paint. You shoot better from three from Memphis by a significant margin. And you still lose by double. I think it I don't think it was double digits at the end. Cause I think they got a garbage time basket, but still, I I don't know where to go with it because yes, Bam has kind of figured it out as well. It, it does kind of feel like he's just found this groove to his game. It'll be very interesting. We're trying to get this pot out right before the back-to-back against Detroit. The game against Detroit is going to be very telling, too, with Jimmy being out, maybe Depot coming back. What what Bam you're going to get? Is Jimmy being out kind of indicative of how Bam's going to play? In that uh, first game or the second game against Boston with Jimmy, it wasn't. Bam continued to do Bam things. Last night, he took a little bit of a step back. But, again, I don't want to harp on Bam for not putting up 30 every single game. He's, he's not going to do that. He, he, Bam is Bam, and he, that's a very good thing to be like that. So, George, what about you? What's some of your takeaways from this last week? Takeaways that this uh, this Heat team has, has a certain power over over Heat Twitter to make them, uh, you know, after a regular season win, party like it's, you know, they've just destroyed the Death Star on the foreign moon of Endor and just, and just being the happiest I've ever seen them, you know, and in, 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 in change – the hearts of millions and, and bring joy to children around the world and be happy all the time. And then completely forget about all of the problems that still remain after they get nearly double digit thrown by a Memphis Grizzlies team without triple J without Jar Morant, without Desmond Bain, with it, without Zaire Williams, without uh, who else? Danny Keep Green. Going. With, Without Keep going, without Jake LaRiviere, without I don't know who else, but there's withouts a lot. And I am so tired. I am so tired of of after one win throwing away every loss. Go, hey, it's great. Look what we did. We did such great things. We everything went right in the game, just like the Portland game earlier this year when everything was going down the toilet when we looked like crap. We had a perfect, near-perfect near shooting game. Uh, everything went right against Portland, who were 5-0 and at, time, at the time. And we're killing it. And we thought it was all going to change. You had four, four players with 20 or more points against the Boston Celtics. And then Jimmy walked down, hit six shots. Caleb hit six shots and did nothing else. Bam hit five shots in total. Tyler had 23 points on 20 shots. And your bench combined, uh, what was it, three of 17. 
three of 17 in total. No, I'm not lying. I'm being serious. Three of 17 as a bench unit. Where Dwayne Denman played nine minutes and 16 seconds, put up five shots, missed them all. What was his plus minus? Oh, minus 17. It's, It's chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Yeah, that guy can cook it up. He's the he is the biggest double agent I've ever seen in my entire life. Hiding in plain sight, people must say. He is he is still in Sacramento, not Sacramento. Yeah, when he played San Antonio, where where back then when he was playing with San Antonio, he said, "You know what? I cannot wait to join this Heat organization and just destroy them, her break their hearts." Then he joined Orlando. This man is a double agent. It's the same with Haywood Highsmith after he destroyed. Uh, our hopes and dreams of a of a putback off the off the backboard dunk by Dwayne Wade. He now joins our organization and does this to us. Yes, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm being a little bit harsh on him. He had he was the best player of the bench yesterday. Three steals, six boards, six points, two or five shooting. I, I'm I'm happy with that. If you're going to give us that every single game, that's good in 14 minutes. I'm happy with that. And he played some good defense. But the the problems of this team still remain. Doesn't matter which way you look at it. Doesn't matter matter after what performance you see unless it's literally like a 65 point win or a 50 point win i i do not care until this team makes consistent runs until it makes consistent moves um you know towards actually playing people in the right positions playing people in you know in the right situations and we'll, we'll touch on that more in this podcast that when i talk about positions i mean you know even defensive sets as well like it, it, it makes a huge difference, but the team has lost its calibration. I feel like it's 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 off centered a little bit, and and they don't know which way is up, down, left, or right. And how we get to a, a you know an equilibrium, I would never know. So that's why I don't work for the organization. I just comment on them in this um in this hut that I live in. The funny thing bringing up Dwayne Dedman too is like. It ties back to Spo, and I'll get to Spo in a little bit because there are, I have some choice words that I want to say to him. But Dwayne Dedman, when you have players that at their best are just minimally serviceable, like you'll get okay minutes, incomprehensible, not not good or bad, just kind of man. It's like, all right, Dwayne Dedman had an okay game. That's the, his peak, and his floor is negative 17 or whatever. I mean, he is the biggest Bam Adebayo hype man on the face of the earth because it it, it shows how important Bam is when Dwayne Dedman walks his happy ass out there ready to just just stink it up, fart in everyone's face that's sitting courtside. Like, I, I cannot imagine paying thousands of dollars to sit courtside to see Dwayne Dedman fart in your face and getting paid to do it. That's what the man's doing because him going out there now, Bam Adebayo should win Defensive Player of the Year this year just because of seeing the difference, the the drastic difference when he's not out there for this Miami Heat defense and the way that the team just crumbles away. Because last night they had a good first quarter against Memphis. They really did. I think they were up by 11 at one point. Bam walked to the bench. Dwayne Dedman eats some beans and comes walking on the court and starts ripping ass. And that it was curtains. I know they took a four-point lead in the third quarter or whatever on a pretty nice Tyler Hero step back. I know Alex wants to talk about Tyler Hero in a little bit too, but someone I I deserve to talk about a little bit now, switching gears real quick. I just want to say the bullying works. And what I mean is Haywood Highsmith. 
this very day, seven days ago, we had a podcast go live where I went, I had my first rant. Um, it won't be my last, but it was my very first one. And it was dedicated to none other than Haywood Highsmith. And he listened, honestly, he did. And he played his best game in a Miami Heat uniform that very same night or the next night rather against Boston. He had 16 points, eight rebounds, two assists, really good defense. So I will be taking full credit for that performance. You're welcome, Heat Nation. I'm realizing now when I bash people, they just wind up playing really, really good because what has happened in the last week to Haywood Highsmith? He looks like fucking Gary Payton on defense. What is, what? The man is playing really, really good defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it looks like he doesn't know, you know, his foot from his ass. He doesn't know what he's doing on offense, yet he's otherworldly on defense. And I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm being hard on him again, but he's never, he's not always going to be bad on offense. He will improve on offense, but it's so crazy to see someone who's so talented on defense and then asking him to speak Spanish when he speaks Chinese on offense. Like the man, it, it, they're so drastically different from one another, but all eat some crow. He has been a very good defender and his offensive game needs some work, but it's there. He showed a little bit. So I'll shut up about Haywood for a little bit, but it just goes to show you the bullying works hundred percent of the time, 60% of the time, little anchorman uh, joke for you guys. But now Alex, I'll toss it to you, a player that you've been hard on too, but you want to talk about as well. You talked to me about now, Tyler hero. We haven't talked about Tyler a whole lot in the pod uh, in the history of the pod. We really haven't um, Alex go, go ahead, clear off your chest. Talk about Tyler a little bit. I'm going to, Start with Tyler, and it's really just going to kind of lead into the entire core. Listen, listen. I need to start off by saying this. Like, if you watch the post game, I rant on Tyler a lot, especially when he's got bad shooting nights. Listen, I have a Tyler Hero jersey. I was a fan of Tyler Hero from the bubble all the way through last year, defended him even though he got hurt in the playoffs. I wanted to keep him. I just did not want to give him this type of money because the type of money he is getting paid, to me, signals that the Heat organization believes he can be the number one scorer on a team that can win a championship or at least go to the finals because that's what they believe they can do with this core. This is going to expand into the whole core pretty much outside of BAM, but Tyler Hero just flat out is not shooting good enough from three. This man's number one quality coming out of the draft was supposed to be his three-point shot. His ability to space the floor with anyone, his ability to play with Jimmy, with BAM, with anyone, again, because of his three-point ability. He is not that good of a three-point shooter this year. I appreciate the improvements that he has made in his rebounding, in his passing, in his defending. But with his contract extension, his job is to be the number one scorer on this team. And the only way that it is acceptable for him to not be the number one scorer on this team is if somebody like Bam or Jimmy decides I'm going to be. Jimmy has not done that. And this is where I'll get into Jimmy Butler here. Jimmy Butler, and I never want to slander this man ever. I, I never want to because of what he has done for us in the bubble last year against Boston a few nights ago. But I hate to say this. You signed an extension to be the number one player on this team for the next, whatever, five years, and he's going to make $50 million doing it. You cannot take nights off, my man. I understand the thing about the Thibodeau minutes. I understand that you might have injuries and things like that, and he always plays through injuries. So if you're hurt, don't play. Understand. But when you do play – you cannot be passive like you were against Memphis. This team is not good enough for you to take nights off against Memphis. Now, is that not what you signed up for? Is that a failure upon the organization in the front office? Absolutely, and I agree with you. But you're not the type of guy to run from that shit. Step up. 
Be the number one scorer on the team if Tyler Hero won't be, if Bam Adebayo won't be. Be a top two-way player in the NBA, night in, night out, like you can be, like you were against Boston. Because this Heat team does not win basketball games unless somebody from this core goes off. So we can talk about Highsmith, we can talk about Struess, we can talk about Vincent. And again, I'm not going to harp on Bam. He's done his job. He's made improvements in his game. I have no complaints about Bam, especially after what you guys were talking about with Deadman. I used to harp on Lowry, but this man is playing so many minutes. And to be honest with you, in a lot of ways, keeping this Heat offense somewhat together that I, I can't even get mad at Kyle Lowry because we already know about the contract. We already know he can't shoot. But at this point, at least he's playing and giving max effort night in, night out. I have to give him credit for that. And I think his passing has improved at least a little bit. But for Hero Man, I'm sick of hearing about the rebounds. I'm sick of hearing about the defense. I'm sick of hearing about the passing. You need to be the number one scorer on this team, bro. I said 28 a game or take the song off Spotify. It was a joke. Like, I'm not saying get 28 a night. But, like, where is your signature moment this season, Tyler? You were supposed to make the leap from sixth man of the year to NBA All-Star, number one scorer on the number one team in the Eastern Conference. That is what this Heat team and Heat front office is telling their fans you can do with this contract extension that you got early. Did not even have to touch restricted free agency, bro. Didn't have to do any of that. Didn't have to worry about a trade, nothing. And you're rewarding this team by not shooting well from three and by not being clutch. You do not hit clutch shots anymore, my man. Like, I don't – this man disappears in the fourth quarter. Despite starting, he does the same thing he did last year. Awesome spurts in the second quarter. And sometimes the third quarter, first quarter, whatever. He'll get you 10 points in a quarter. But the last five minutes of the game, he can't play defense. He turns the ball over. He doesn't hit his big-time threes. I don't understand what happened. He used to be able to do it his rookie year. He did it in the bubble, certainly. And I think he did it at points last year. But Tyler Hero's signature moment this year is a game winner in which he fucking traveled on. Jimmy Butler doesn't have a signature moment except for the game that he had against Boston, right? The signature moment. But then again, he's out tonight with rest. I know this Heat organization needed to do better by Jimmy, but they didn't. He needs to live with that because he's getting a lot of money to live with that. And like he keeps saying after every win, we're winning a championship. My man, you got to play for that to happen. We need to have home court advantage in the playoffs for, for that to happen. You need to go toe-to-toe with Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland for that to happen. And those teams would wipe us today, especially if you're not playing at 100% and you're playing passive. And if you're not going to be fully engaged each and every game because you want to save it for the playoffs, I get it. But the playoffs will be a lot harder when you're playing games on the road after a play-in as the seventh seed versus a top-four seed in the Eastern Conference. And I don't necessarily think that's fair to Jimmy, given his age and what he's already done for us. But that is the position that the Heat front office has put us in. That is the position – that Tyler Hero was put us in by not hitting his threes and not taking another leap. That is the position that Bam Adebayo puts us in when he doesn't become assertive each and every single night. Granted, he's fixed that. This is the position Kyle Lowry has put us in by sucking and not living up to the hype. This is the position that Eric Spolstra has put us in by having questionable rotations and questionable defensive metrics when it comes to the zone. This is the position the Heat front office put us in. When you didn't make any moves, when you didn't trade for a four, when you passed on Kevin Durant, when you passed on Donovan Mitchell, whatever you want to say, when you extended Tyler Hero, it all is going to always come down to Jimmy Butler, man. It just is. He is the franchise player. Hero is not. Bam is not. Bam can. Bam is showing things. I'm sorry to rant here, but like Bam is showing things to maybe he can take that leap, and we've talked about that on the post game. But again, we can't do that until we've seen it for months, not weeks, not games, months. Then we can talk about his Bam out of bio really 
trying to assert himself as the franchise player over Jimmy Butler. When there's a two month stretch that he's dropping 22 a night, 10 rebounds, locking up your favorite player. Can he do it? 100%. And maybe he's starting to do that now. But as of right now, bro, Jimmy Butler, when you're playing, and I understand don't play if you're hurt, but if you're playing, you have to be that guy each and every night. Otherwise, we're just not going to win games. And it's going to be a long season, bro. And you're only going to get older. And I assume you want to win a championship. Like, that's the thing you've escaped. That's escaped you. You've been really close twice now. And you haven't gotten a championship. And I don't know, man. This this whole core is who I'm always going to look to blame for before the bench, even though, George, you're completely valid to mention that they're 3 of 17. That's a disgrace. It could It should never happen. But yet again... You pay four players, what, $25-plus million? I know Hero maybe doesn't necessarily get that now. It could be next year, but in theory. Only Golden State does that. Figure it out. And it hasn't really worked out for Golden State either with Jordan Poole kind of crapping the bed this season thus far too. But thank you, Alex, for that rant. It was nice being a, a bystander to a rant instead of being the one that actually leads the charge. So that was very nice. And you're right. No, Kyle Lowry has been relatively good this year despite you know doing a 5k marathon every single game it i don't know why they play the man 40 minutes but he's actually been pretty good but again it's december he's been playing those minutes in december and he's been playing those minutes in november how's he gonna play those minutes in march i i don't know it's gonna be pretty ugly in that so what i'm getting from it is that my relationship with haywood highsmith is complicated your relationship with tyler harrow is complicated but you know something that doesn't need to be complicated your insurance. Primary sponsor of the basement, Simple Health Advisors. Thank you. Thank you. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated, guys. Email them or give them a call today. I'll tell them that the basement sent you, or you can email James Poe at simplehealthadvisors.com. Give them a little ring, 321-345-7738. Also, at the end of Alex's rant, too, we talked about supposed questionable decision-making. That's something I really do want to dive into here now as the, the last kind of leg of the podcast for this episode. We might get flack for this, me mainly because I'm the one kind of leading the charge on this. This has not been Spoh's best coaching job of his career. I'm not saying it's his worst, but this has not been his best. You know, if last season was his crown jewel, this season is, is like a 40-year-old dirty diamond that needs to get polished up because it, ha- it, it has not been pretty. It has potential, but it has not been pretty. The man played Udonis Haslam over Jokic or Jovic in Boston. In the year of our Lord, 2022, Udonis Haslam saw minutes before our 18-year-old rookie who has also showed a little bit of promise. Spo made the conscious decision, or so we think, to have UD guard Jason Tatum on the outside. Don't think we forgot about this because this happened a night or two after we, we recorded our podcast last week. I didn't forget, damn it. I saw the still image of Udonis Haslam having to guard Jason Tatum on the outside. And then I saw Udonis Haslam's comment on Instagram saying, Ya mama when someone was making a joke about him having to guard Tatum out there. I saw it. I didn't forget. That's what Spo did. Spo put us in that situation to, to harp back on Alex's rant. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not just that, though. I know he doesn't really have a lot to work with in terms of talent. And again, that's a front office thing. That's not a Spolster thing. But it seems like he's mismanaging what little talent he does have, like keeping Jimmy or Bam on the bench at the same time for too long or individually on the bench of this, uh, for too long. We saw it in fourth quarters during the first week or two of the season where we let a couple games slip away because Jimmy would be on the bench for the first, what, six, seven minutes of the fourth quarter? That's preposterous. You can't do that. You see, you have a 10-point lead. It shrinks away. No, no, no. You have like a 15-point lead. 
with uh, Bam Adebayo on the floor. He goes to the bench. I already talked about Dwayne Demon farting in everyone's face earlier. That lead goes away. It, it happens time and time again, and Spo hasn't exactly learned from that, where he just he isn't comfortable putting any other lineup on there. And we've seen multiple lineups this season that have consisted of nothing but undrafted players. That shouldn't happen in the NBA. You can have one. That is fine. You can have two. Even that, that's okay as long as they're good. Like if it's a Kayla Martin, Max Drews, I'm okay with them out there. I, I'm not comfortable saying you should have three, but damn it, you should not have five. You should not have Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Dwayne Dedman, who probably was drafted. I don't care about looking it up. It's Dwayne fucking Dedman in the year of 2022. I don't care. Who else is out there that's undrafted? It's slipping my mind because I'm so irritated about it. Hey, fuck it. Haywood Highsmith, too. You can't have five of your eight-man rotation, and not even eight. I'm, I'm being exaggerative now, but call it like a 10-man or 11-man. You can't have five of that 10-man, 11-man rotation be undrafted players. You can't do it. Not in the NBA. Spo has done a phenomenal job up until this point of making sure that doesn't happen and still being competitive with that. Give the man some real talent because he, I feel like he's on his last legs here, not as a coach, but like from a mentality standpoint of just not being able to, to whip something up to, to mask the, the massive amount of deficiencies that this team has. So let me ask you, George, you haven't talked in a while. What's up with Spo? I think you're probably going to defend him though. Not in a bad way, but like I think you'll kind of come to his aid in this situation. How dare you? How dare you? Seriously, where do you get off, LJ? Where do you? Where do you? Uh, this is Eric. I tell you what gets me off. Motherfucking Spolstra, we're talking about. We're talking first ballot Hall of Fame coach. Hasn't even. Hasn't even hit his his old stage yet when he actually becomes wise, like. Like, you know, the old Jedis, you know, he's one of these. And by the way, happy Star Wars Day for everyone. We're going on the game today in Miami. If you hear me making Star Wars references, that's it. And and I made one before. Tyler Hero and Oladipo are basically the C-3PO on the back of the Miami Heat. Chewbacca organization. They are just being carried. But I'm going to go back to Spolstra here. Imagine being a Djokovic. Imagine being Nadal and having to play your opponents with a ping pong paddle in the game of tennis. Imagine imagine being uh, Daniel Ricciardo or, or Max Verstappen in, in, in Formula One and having to, to race all these amazing cars, F1 cars, and you're, you've got a Toyota Camry. Imagine having to do that. The Miami Heat have given Eric Spolstra players such as 42-year-old Udonis Haslam, from no thought folder there, and he deserves to be there. I'm happy he's here. I love him very much. Just shouldn't be on the floor at any point in time, except for the last game of the season, where he should attempt a dunk, um, and and we should all clap and, and say, well done, Udonis Haslam, well done. He's been given players like $18 million overpaid Duncan Robertson, who's playing like he's 39 years old. Players like Hayward Highsmith, who besides defending, can't do anything else on the field. He can he can actually rebound. I lied. Uh, he, we've we've gotten washed up Max Struess, who is just a volume player at this point. You've got Thick Lowry, who's been playing a lot better these days, and I'm very proud of him. Very very happy for him, and I think he's actually doing a phenomenal job as of recently. Uh, Tyler Hero, who without the ball screens looks like you know I I don't even know. I don't want to make any jokes about him because he it's all part of the development. I, I didn't get to talk much about um. Tyler Hero because they don't like having me up here for too long, but um, I'm I 
I think Tyler Hero, everything is here for a reason. He just he needs to get the growing pains out. He actually needs to string together a large number of games in continuity to make this happen. So that's on him to stay healthy. It's on him to preserve the body and to do a lot, you know, a lot better things. No more boxing vo- montages in the offseason. It's actually time to do some conditioning. Uh, and and Caleb Martin at the four. Who when he, wherever he whenever he goes to the four, he looks like a completely different player, and not in a good way. Eric Spolster has been given a, a bad hand. It's like playing poker and you're going up against pocket aces every, every game with do seven. He is trying. The the zone has worked for him the last three years. It really has. Uh, he's, he's had no reason to believe it wouldn't work. But playing man with these types of players, you know, and there are some significantly good defenders and capable defenders, but they just don't work. And in a man, they would get crushed. In, in a league that, that's improved year after year, while we stay stagnant, they they cannot compete. And staying in a zone is probably their best chance to, 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 to salvage these games. It's also a great way to highlight where the Heat needs to, need changes. As ignorant as anyone else wants to be when you look at this roster, they need imminent changes. And I'm not talking about broken-legged, you know, Oladipo. And I love Oladipo so much. I'm so happy he's on the team. And I was so excited when he got here. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time. And hopefully he can have a positive impact. But that should not be what you're relying on. You should not be relying on that. Bam and Abayo needs to take more ownership of the situation as well. He had such a good stretch of five games that we thought it was his turning point. And then him, I said it last night, uh, Tyler, it's like Tyler, Jimmy and Bam go into a room pre-game and they go, you know what, Tyler, this is your day. You know, one, two, three, break. We give the ball to Tyler, and he has a phenomenal game. You know, all round, he had thirteen rebounds, five assists, he, um, and a steal. Twenty-three points on twenty, you know, on twenty shots isn't the greatest thing in the world, but he tried. He, at least he tried. And as long as the confidence is there, we're not going to end up with a Duncan Robinson situation where he just refuses to shoot after time. And when he when he does shoot, he and he misses, he puts his head straight down. I'm happy he's taking the shots, but Eric Spolstra should not be on the chopping block. In, in 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 I'm not talking in the literal sense. I'm talking more in the fact that we should not be using him as a scapegoat in this situation. The Heat's problems are largely roster based, largely organi- organized, and, and and can be seen plain in front of you. Spolster is just putting the big magnifying glass over it, over the little anthill of crap that the, <laughs> that that Pat has gone. Eh, this should be fine. I'm going back to bed. I can't wait to eat my custard in the morning. Uh, but look, I, I, I just can't realistically put Spur on the chopping block. Have you seen how, how great he looks on the sideline as well? I mean, like he looks at, like he's got everything figured out. And then this, after these games, he shakes hands and he goes away and he's just locks himself in a room. I reckon, I reckon he's got a punching bag somewhere. He just kicks the shit out of it after games. He's so pissed. He's so calm and collected on the court that when shit goes wrong, he's acting like Steve Nash. Did against the referees before he got fired on that boxing on that uh, on that uh, punching bag. So, yeah, I'm not blaming Spo. My my thing is just a retort to it. I don't. It's not Spo's fault, and I don't think this is his worst coaching job ever. I wouldn't even say it's a particularly bad coaching job, considering what you have to work with. I just do think that there are ways that he can improve some of his decision making, therefore to mask more more of the uh, excuse me deficiencies because. Again, I just harp back to keeping Jimmy and Bam off the floor at the same time. 
it, it's just it should not be done when you have this many deficiencies. You can't mask them with both of them off the floor at the same time. You can't mask them with running 75-year-old Kyle Lowry 40-something minutes a game. You can't do that because that's kind of – you're setting yourself up for if not immediate failure, future failure. And then, again, when you have your star players taking rest on back-to-backs too, that doesn't exactly help your case either. So I get that. I, I know Spo, like you said, he was, he was dealt a bad hand. He really, really was. And I know he's trying his best, but I just feel like, and we're all, we're watching from our couches. Like, what the fuck do we know? But I trust his judgment. It's just when you see him make questionable calls like that, like taking players out, some of the rotations being all undrafted players when the offense was already stagnant, thinking that that can kind of jolt it. And it doesn't, it makes it look that much worse. So it's like, I don't know. I still love Spo. I still think he's a top two coach in the entire league. I just don't think this has been, you know, his, his, what his rosebud so to speak, of coaching years, to, to quote Clockwork Orange. It's like, I, I just don't get it yet. Yeah, yeah. One thing for you, George, what, what you got? Have you ever spent $30 million on a tool before, LJ? That better no. be the best fucking tool in the goddamn world. If you're paying Kyle Lowry that money, put him in. 39 minutes, 38 minutes, I don't give a damn. You're playing him. And you're damn right you're going to play him that many minutes. Because... Anyone else on that money in the NBA, in the majority, who's getting paid that type of money, is performing. And God damn it, I, I will not sit there and watch the, the script be flipped and have Gabe Vincent playing 33 minutes. And, who has been terrible, by the way. Sorry? Gabe's been let off easy, to interrupt you. The, Gabe has been let off He's easy. He's been playing like shit. He's yeah. been playing like shit. In, in, in large stretches, he does have good moments of defense. He does have good offensive moments every now and again. But for a guy, in a, he just, he's not playing like a guy in a contract year. I'm not saying I'm saying that. He's not playing like a guy in a contract year. The last two years before this have been phenomenal from him, and I expected better. And same with Max Struess. We, yeah, sure, he had that stretch of six, six games where he looked like he was going to get that $14 million extension ASAP. But he's not playing like a guy in a contract year either. So I don't know what's going on. Alex, you wanted to chime in here on Spo? Like, so I, in my big rant, I was saying like why, you know, Jimmy needs to step up because of the people surrounding him. No one's lived up to the hype. And I'm only saying Spo hasn't lived up to the hype because he is the second best coach in the NBA. I would act probably one, to be honest. I, I don't think I would take a coach over Eric Spolstra in any situation, especially like you said, George, given the correct tools. But there are some questionable decisions. Like you mentioned UD. Like, that's Spo's choice to play UD. No one ever expects to play Udonis Haslam. How is Kane not getting minutes? How is Jovic not getting minutes? I know we just sent him to the G League so he can get minutes, but, like, give that man NBA minutes. He showed something. And the zone, I understand it's worked for the past couple of years, and it absolutely has, and we've made jokes about it. Like, people were talking about Spo zone and things like that. It was hilarious, and it was good. It was absolutely working for us. It's not working anymore. We got to adjust. Like, I, I don't see a lot of adjustments from Spo during games, which is just not something I'm used to. And, again, could 100% be because of the tools that he's been given, the players, right? Not good, obviously. But here's the thing. This offense is broken. Like, we've been talking all about defensively, the zone, things like that, which it's terrible. 100% agree. But I also agree with you, George, that you can't really play man with some of these guys. They're, it's a tough position to be in. I 100% agree. But – just to flip it to the offensive side, this offense is broken. Like, we have four dudes making $20 million all on the floor together, and they're not, like, dominating offensively, not even coming close. 
We have dudes in the fourth quarter who defer to Gabe Vincent, Max Strews, anybody besides themselves. Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, don't hit threes consistently enough. Lowry really doesn't, and Hero doesn't enough. Lowry really doesn't. Bam picks and chooses games that he wants to be an offensive star, and Jimmy Butler does the same. So I don't know if it's Spo, but somebody has to tell someone to step up night in, night out. I don't know if Spo's got to hold Jimmy more accountable offensively. I don't know if it's Lowry. I don't know if it's Bam. Whoever it needs to be. But this offense needs to get fixed. This defense needs adjustments. And by Spo standards, he's not doing that. That's all I'm saying. He is front office, way more blame for how this season has turned out than Eric Spolstra. Core group of players, way more blame than to blame for than Eric Spolstra, 100%. But I don't think Spo is necessarily like saving this team from anything or like keeping this team afloat. Like it's not like Oh, they've got these whatever, 9 or 11, what are they, 11 and 13, these 11 wins. I'm not saying like, well, they wouldn't have won 11 of those. It's all because of Eric Spolstra. I don't think so. I just think those are the 11 times that the core four players showed the fuck up and actually decided we're going to win the game with a couple of exceptions of some Struce games where he went off. But I don't I don't haven't looked at a game where I'm like, damn, Eric Spolstra and his defensive adjustments won us that game. I don't think so. Like, I haven't seen that yet. And again, it's definitely part of it. It's the personnel. But I think at the same time, Spo is done with this core. I think Spo wants changes. Like this man is at it like an eight man rotation. He's not playing yo. Like this man wants changes. Like he did not want this going into this season. I can like tell you that for a fact. He did not want to run this shit back after losing in the Eastern Conference Finals and losing in the finals in the bubble and getting killed by Milwaukee in that year in between. He did not want to see this shit again. He barely wanted to see the big three run back again. Like there's frustrations. You need change. You need new energy. So listen, and I think the just to wrap up here real quick, they don't miss P.J. Tucker's play. I don't think they do because he's having a terrible season. They miss him being the dude that is night in, night out, telling everybody in the room, we got no one's given us this shit. We have to come out and attack every single night. I think P.J. Tucker held dudes accountable in the locker room. I think he told Jimmy Butler earlier in points in the game, halfway through the third quarter, what the fuck are you doing? We got we to win this game nothing's easy. We got to go after it. So I don't know. I think they miss a voice like that. I think Spo misses a voice like that in the locker room. And maybe it's got to be Jimmy, but he's obviously been in and out. Maybe it's got to be Bam, but obviously he's been in and out in terms of like engagement on offense and what he wants to do. Lowry, you can't rely on him. And obviously you can't with Hero either. So I don't know, man. It's just a lot of bad right now. Actually, I shouldn't say bad because there's teams out there that are actually bad. The Heat are not terrible i'm just speaking as a miami heat fan by what we've seen consistently year in year out this is bad by miami heat standards and the ownership and pat riley would agree during that beautiful that beautiful segment uh, by the way alex it was fantastic you would have heard a little bell ring and that bell was not of a phone it was of pat riley's head and he knows how to fix his team it's time it's time it's that time of the year now but we go out and we make calls and we get ourselves Chris Silver back. No more playing. Udonis Haslam, all these minutes. It's time to get Chris Silver back. That's what time it is. We should play Chris. We should sign Chris Silver if we're going to fucking play UD. That's for sure. 100%. I, you take Chris Silva on Tatum over UD I've, on Tatum. I've never seen a more, a more poor player of last year than when Chris Silver got signed to those four. 10 day contracts that 40 days of hell that we had to endure to watch Chris Silva just 
flail and flop and every I was terrible. But I look when it comes to the whole UD minutes and stuff like that, why is he playing UD and stuff like that? I still think it goes back to wanting to highlight the problems as well. And going back to saying, you know, that this 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 team needs a, a voice in the locker room. Jimmy just released his, you know, his iced coffee brand of uh, of big face. He's not saying anything in that locker room. He gets in, he gets out. He he, he doesn't want to bar of that. Uh, UD's too old to, to enforce anymore. He's just there to be there. And Bam and is the biggest, most mute friend. He's friends of everyone. Who is he going to tell off? If Tyler shot six for 27, and, and what's he going to say to Tyler? Uh, bad game. Next time. Like, what do you, he's the big friendly giant. That's what we don't like about him as well, is the fact that he's too friendly at the best of times. There's no voice in there doing that. Imagine the only person I've seen really gives someone shit is in two situations. It's when Max Struess opens his mouth and Jimmy Butler's nearby, and it's when Dwayne Demon cracked it at Duncan Robertson that one time. I've never laughed harder. That is the most accountable anyone's ever been held. And, and ever since that, if you haven't realized, Duncan Robertson has not seen a second of the floor. Not one second. So when Dunk, when Dwayne Denman, Dwayne Denman must have some dirt on, 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 on Spolstra. I'm telling you right now, there's no way. There's no way. I reckon he would have gone to Spolstra. Goes if you don't, you know, cut Duncan Robinson out of this rotation. I'm, I'm, I'm telling. I'm telling on Pat Riley. I'm going to Pat Riley. I'm telling him this. So he's got something on him for sure. But there's no accountability. There's no th- this. There's a problem with running it back, and we saw it in 2021. There's a big problem, and it affects not only the team, uh, you know, on the floor mentally. It takes a toll. Jimmy Butler seeing nothing happen in, in three years, no significant changes, has to be like, why am I here still? What am like? What have I? What are they doing? Bam and Abaya looks like you know they want more from me. They want more from the, me, but I want more from them. Tyler Hero shouldn't say shit. I'm sorry. That guy has no excuse. He's been paid. He's got everything he's wanted. He's been included in every single deal to get out of here. And they keep saving him in the last second. Kyle Lowry should be gratefully as a job, let alone a one that's paying him $30 million. And and these other players should be playing like it's a contract year. And some of them are in a contract year. So it it comes back down to this is a big mess. And after big games. Yeah, we can, you know, after big games like in, in, in Boston, where we thought that the world had shifted and, and the tide had turned and we were about to win a championship. And Jimmy Butler goes, he sees a championship in this team's future. What, what else is he going to say? First, second round exit? What's he going to say? Of course, he's going to say the championship thing. But now we, sh- we, we, we shit ourselves and we, we grasp, for, grasp for straws at, at the best of times, which sucks. It sucks. Hopefully, we can make changes. Hopefully this team see no look, I don't know, hopefully they know what's wrong. They know there's changes. The, the, but the NBA is a comp- complicated league and they they need to make the changes at their own pace. And you know, sometimes it hasn't worked. I look at, at the, the past couple of years, obviously they've been wanting that big, big fish to come and join Miami. Whether it's in the form of Kevin Durant, whether it's in the form of, of Donovan Mitchell, of Bradley Beal, a DeMar DeRozan. You know, we were looking at DeMar when, when we signed um, Kyle Lowry. We were looking at that whole deal. Uh, you know, we've been linked to Harrison Barnes multiple times. And he's a good player. A player that could give us significant minutes and, 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 and good play. But they've been wanting that other piece for so long. But when play, when you look around the league and you see what players ended up getting traded for, 
and say, we could have got that. Are you telling me we couldn't have matched that for that Chris Wood deal? We couldn't have matched that DeJounte Murray deal that, that went to Atlanta? It wasn't even that bad. It wasn't even that bad of a deal at all. It was a really, it was a big package. But for DeJounte Murray, who's balling out, he consistently scores 25, he gets 8-8, eight and, eight, and provides impeccable defense. And you couldn't go out and match that? Maybe your, your sights are too set on one specific player instead of opening your horizon a little bit and actually seeing what the rest of the league is doing. Look at what the Celtics did in the offseason. Look at who they added. Look at the crap they ended up having to go through near the end of the offseason and look where they are now. They lost their coach. They had to promote an internal coach. They had to find a replacement with for, for Rob Williams, who probably won't play this year. Danilo Gallinari tore his ACL. Blake Griffin just doesn't give them anything. And look where they are. They have won 80% of their games. 80%. And they added Malcolm Brogdon too. They added Malcolm Brogdon to an already stacked front court. Back, sorry, back court. And he, he's playing so well right now. And he deserves so much more praise for the stuff he's done. I don't get how that guy gets disrespected on a, on a, on a separate note. He gets super disrespected. But the rest of the league has adapted, has made changes. And this team said, and, but the excuses flow in. Whenever we don't make these deals, the excuses flow in. We're not that big of a market of a team. You know, Miami's in action isn't actually, you know, a destination. What the fuck are we talking about? When LeBron James signed that deal and Chris Bosh came here and we won two, two championships, went to the finals four straight years. We're not a big, we're not a big destination. We've made continuous long runs and we're one piece away. You know, and we'll one shot, one shot. But yeah, I actually genuinely believe this this team is one good piece away from being a proper title contender. Even though there's a lot more changes, I I, I feel like a lot more changes that need to be made. The ma- the one big change that needs to be made is that there needs to be another person on this roster to give it a fresh look, to give it some sort of hope. So it's time to pull your finger out of your ass and actually make some make some actual changes. That uh, that it's not it's not a sit and wait on your hands situation and for it to all go wrong. You either go big, you go home. Because at this point, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. If you don't think this team, you can get that extra piece, trade Jimmy. Build around Bam and Tyler. Trade Kyle Lowry. Don't, you know, don't pay Max Strews. Get, get, get value for him. Don't, don't pay Vincent. Get value for him. You know, go to the draft. Do make, make a decisive move for once in your life because Mediocrity is the killer of all basketball teams. That's what it is. Staying middle of the road, that's what really kills kills franchises. It's not being at the bottom for too long. It's being in the middle for too long. I do think that, to put a bow on it, yeah, no, a little bit of a preview for next week's show too. We'll kind of get a little more into trade action as well. But just to put a, a little bow on it, I do think it's it's one of three things with Spo too. It really is maybe they do need a voice. And that's kind of some leadership and a voice has been something that's been that's been lacking in the locker room. It could be that Spo just he doesn't have enough to work with and he's sending a message. And I, I think that that's something that I've been seeing floating around as well that might actually have some substance to it, too, that he's maybe trying to send a message saying, hey, we do need a little more reinforcements here, which might be coming as well. And then three, it's just it is what it is. It's a shit show and they're just not able to make things work. It could be any one of those three things. It could be a combination of all three things. But th- th- that's where we're at, and I-, I do want to correct myself as well before the uh, the Twitter trolls get at me. Um, I did say Rosebud and say Citizen Kane, or I said Rosebud instead of Clockwork Orange. I obviously meant Rosebud be coming from the movie Citizen Kane. Wanted to cover my ass there, if anyone even knows what I'm talking about. But thank you guys so much. Remember, don't harass me on Twitter. Signing off now.
from your favorite random scrubs. Take care. Be good people. Need a stop and a rebound. For you. For three. Oh, my. That was the Random Scrub Heat Podcast.